412-1518. Welcome in to the morning sports desk on this Tuesday, the 19th of April. How are you, Corey? I'm well. How are you? You know, the Wolves are... Wolves basketball is on TV tonight, and I am excited. Yes, I'm so glad you started with that. Let's do it. Let's. We got so much to talk about with the Wolves. First things first. Are they coming out of this with two wins? There's a good chance. I mean, here's from a mathematical perspective, which of course we on the radio are known for having great mathematics. I have a calculator on my phone, and I use it often. If anybody's wondering about my math skills. So here's the thing about this series. It's the classic steal one on the road and win all your home games. Yep. You know, that's that's a fair assessment. But if you're Memphis, you have to then win tonight, even the series at one, and you have to steal one at home for the Wolves. And the target center is going to – I feel like the Wolves are winning game three alone because the target center is going to be packed. Like, they sold out of all the tickets within 15 minutes, had to take the tarps off the upper bowl, and those sold out. The target center is going to be rocking. I don't see any way they win. Memphis does game three. So I think if you're Memphis, this is a must-win game for you already in game two. And if you're the Wolves, the pressure is off in the sense of, like, you're you're the seven seed. There's no expectations of you. Um, I, I the short answer is I feel like Memphis. There's a good chance they kind of come and swing back, but at the same time, I still am very confident the Wolves will win tonight. I uh, I I love the Timberwolves matchup with the Grizzlies. Right? It's just it's been good all year. Uh, the Grizzlies. Have not been good against the Timberwolves all year. They split the season series yep. two to two. Morant has been downright not good against the Timberwolves all season long. Like uh, they played four times during the regular season, he shot fifteen percent from three uh, in those. Now he's a guy who gets to the rack. There is a world where Jaw goes for like forty six tonight. Yeah, that is totally Just takes over a game within play. There's also a world. CJ, where the Timberwolves get all season long complacent in spots where they're comfortable. And winning that game the other night has a real chance for them to be like, meh, <laughs> we did our job here. We went five. You know what I mean? I could, this, there's a, a, a real chance that this is like a 35 point drubbing. Because of the the history of how this Timberwolves team has played during the year, because Memphis needs to really fire back in all cylinders, because Morant did not play a, a, a even though he scored a lot of points, it wasn't like an all around super game for him. Um, there's a chance, and I say that to say, I got I still there's nothing that will convince me as of right now. That says the Timberwolves won't win this in seven. The Timberwolves are good, and Memphis has been awesome all year, but it's a weird matchup for them. And here's the thing about sports. I think a lot of people who don't follow and who follow sports don't always kind of get sometimes. It's not always about the win-loss record. It's not always about the superstars you have. When it comes down to a single game or a single series, 
it comes down to matchups almost all the time. How does this this team stinks, but they have a great you know, point guard and he can just do things on his own. He can just will his team in. There's like we don't have the guards that can handle a point guard like him or or this team has a post and we're we're way too small and he gets a 40 point game because you can just lob it over there. It's things like that in sports where it's not always about how good a certain team is versus another team. It's how does the team match up and the Wolves right now are in a great matchup. And another thing by the way, Denver got crushed for the second straight night against Golden State. Yeah. Uh, really glad we avoided that sixth seed if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's what they got to be thinking. Um, yeah. Um, Denver is not. They're not built to play against Golden State. They have the MVP. There, everyone else is not good. Um, they got a nice regular season team. They were, you know, two games better than the Timberwolves during the regular season. They're. That's how good Jokic is, I guess is my point. Jokic yeah. is so, so awesome at the game of basketball. that It's it's probably uh, comparable to like some of those early LeBron Cleveland teams. I'm not joking. I'm <laughs> like, that's not like, a, oh, yeah, you're comparing Jokic to LeBron. I'm saying that's how good Jokic is compared to everyone else, and he's just drugged this team along. And Golden State is, remember before the playoffs started, we went through and like, who really scares you in the West besides Phoenix, who's going to win the West? And we talked about the Clippers, if they have everybody. Well, that flamed out terribly. And then everyone else was just kind of meh, but how about Golden State? Like, is are we going to get a healthy Steph? Are we going to get a, a healthy... Draymond, are we going to get a healthy, loving basketball clay? Uh, a healthy yes. all-star game starter, Andrew Wiggins? Turns out we've got um, an almost healthy all of those guys. Clay not quite there. And they've got Jordan Poole, who is probably should have been the all-star game starter. Yeah. That dude's incredible. So the Warriors are for real mm-hmm. right now. And they've been there, done that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing for Golden State compared to a team like the Wolves. The Wolves, if they go down, let's say the Wolves lose the next two and they go down, go down two one in the series. Do they kind of go? Do they kind of shrug it and go up, up? There we go. We got our one win and kind of fall into the corner and whatever. Up, that's a good season. Let's build on it next year. Whereas Golden State, if they were to get down in a series two one against Phoenix, it's the whole thing of we've been there. We know how to come back in the series. We're all right. The coach the top players. It's that kind of thing, which is what makes a team like Golden State scary if they hit their threes like they've been able to. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Minnesota Timberwolves, I think, are going to win tonight. I just, it's a gut level feeling. We're homers on this program. And, Corey, you can watch it on NBA, NBA TV tonight. I, uh, uh, shout out, shout out playoffs for me being able to watch my Minnesota teams for once. Uh, but, but the game is on NBA TV only. It's not on ESPN. It's sure. not on TNT. Sure. But that, that's a, I, I understand it's, you've said this term before, state run media with, with the leagues and their own TV networks. But why, why, why put it on there? Why put it on a national audience? Nobody's going to know what channel that's on. Um, well, if, if we've learned anything over the last couple of days, it's that, not a single person has watched the Timberwolves this year 
outside of people from Minnesota. Who have DirecTV or local cable. And one of my favorite things that has come out of this is everybody is falling in love with Anthony Edwards all over again. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of been fun to, um, you know, watch everyone else develop a crush on the girl you've had a crush on for ever (laughs) in Anthony Edwards. And he continues to be, I mean this with nothing but love, the biggest weirdo on planet Earth. Did you see what he named his dog? His dog's name is Ant Junior. Yeah, <laughs> his dog is his own Twitter account. He named his dog Anthony Edwards Junior. Because <laughs> why? The dog can do everything too. <laughs> he can do everything he can. Uh, he is a lunatic. Did you see that interview that he did with uh, ESPN yesterday? I saw bits and pieces of it. Yeah, yes. I, bits and pieces of it too. They they're like, who do you think the best defender in the NBA is? And he sits there and go. I mean, honestly, I think when I'm playing the way I want to, I think it's me. <laughs> like, like, you know what's funny about him is like someone like like James Harden would say that, and everyone would be like, "Come on, dude, you got any self awareness at all?" Yeah. Um, but he's there's just something about like like the calmness at which he believes in himself it's a totally steady ship it's it's not like he doesn't manically believe in himself right he just like this is just how it is man like i don't know what else to, hey anthony edwards what do you do for a living i play basketball he delivers that fact in the same way he delivers honestly it's me <laughs> you know it's just so matter of factly and um it's, uh, he's he's uh, he he's a psychopath, and I love him. Part of being a superstar, and I think Carl Anthony Towns doesn't quite understand this, is how you're portrayed in media, and how you t- how you talk in front of the media, because that's everything. Like how you can have yourself perceived nationally is almost as big as being a good player. There's a ton of league wide superstars, a bunch of people who get credibility around the league who aren't that good, but they're good in front of the camera. They're good in front of a microphone. Anthony Edwards is great. And it's fun. Like you said, seeing the national media start to realize all the things that like we had to realize last year and into this year. Like remember that first interview with Marnie Gellner uh, and of Anthony Edwards And like halfway through, Anthony Edwards all of a sudden starts talking about how he could have played pro baseball if he wanted to. And Marnie Gellner has no idea how to read the situation Mm -hmm. because it's her first time interviewing him. Like she's so, like she's just awestruck or like dumbfounded with like whatever word you want to say with how do, is this guy for real? He's a BSer. That's Anthony Edwards and he's fun. He's fun. But like he said, basketball is fun. Uh, after the game on Saturday, he told the ESPN reporter, uh, we to ones Jack, and she had no idea what he was talking about, mm-hmm. but we, we all do. Wolves back, we to ones Jack, A1 from day one, whatever, I don't know. Yeah, uh, to your point real quick, and then I want to move on to a, a few other things. You mentioned Carl Anthony Towns not quite getting it, but I would like to say sometimes it is just a straight-up personality thing. 100%. Like, like Ant's personality is just this. It's totally authentic. And I would say this about Carl Anthony Towns. If he was more of a tryhard in that world, less, less complaining, more. Basically, my point is he would threaten to become Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins also says everything correctly 
all the time in every situation. But it comes across as totally manufactured. Uh, yeah. And Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards and Kirk Cousins say almost the exact same thing in every situation. And it is the exact right thing in every situation, except that Anthony Edwards is, it, it feels very authentic. Kirk doesn't feel authentic all the time when he says it. Like sometimes you just want Kirk to be like, Zimmer sucks. My offensive line stinks. I don't actually have all the time you think I have, and I'm doing my best out there. Like you would just want to hear a blow up from him every once in a while, but he doesn't. He just smile. Carl Anthony Towns would, I think, lean in that direction because it's just, it's just who they are. It's just their personalities. Yeah. LeBron James, super manufactured. He just happens to be, you know, the greatest player of all time. He kind of got to that somewhere point, in that realm of greatest player of all time. Like he gets away with being manufactured. Yeah, uh, like uh, like a head coach of the San Francisco Forty ers Kyle Shanahan said uh, to Kirk Cousins, his swag is that he has no swag. Uh, Anthony Edwards sure. has all the swag in the has world. all of it. Kirk doesn't have any because Anthony Edwards is hanging on to it. <laughs> um, the Twins won yesterday. Big win for them. Weirdly big win at this point in the year. Three and seven looks a lot worse than four and six. Okay, you kind of answered my question with that. Yesterday you talked about are we at panic mode nine games into the season, and I was like, calm down. Are you calmed down after a win? Yeah, because when you think about it now, they split two series in Seattle and Boston. Both those teams won 90 games last year. That's a And both those teams made improvements to the roster. Uh so that's fine. Going splitting two of those series and getting swept against a true World Series contender at home in a two game series in bad weather in the Dodgers. That's fine. You have three very winnable games against Kansas City. They need to come out with at least two wins because then they have the White Sox at home for a three game set. That that'll be the big one. Um yeah. yeah, if you can start trending in the right direction here, that'll be nice. But um I saw Weather's on, gonna be better in Kansas City than it was in Boston and Minnesota. So. My uh folks are going to uh at least two of those games in Coffin Kansas City. Coffin Stadium's great. I've it's, never been there, but I heard it's awesome. It's wonderful. Um I saw on Twitter Dick Bramer, who's like sneaky decent on Twitter, by the way, if you He's uh, got that old man charm. Yes. He said something yesterday or last night on Twitter after, uh, in reference to Garlic's home run and Garlic uh, mash, and, baby, and Deaver's slide into third base, which was wild. I don't know if you saw that. It was kind of like a circus slide. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, the fans deserve those plays needed to have announcers in the stadium. And I guess it never, I knew this, but I, it just didn't register with me. Those announcers are not on road trips. He's calling that from monitor at Target Field. Why are the announcers not back on, on road trips? Bramer was there yesterday. So why did he say that? I think because they weren't up until this season. Bramer was at, he didn't travel at all last year. Right. So I think that's, it's like, we're back and this is why it's important. Because he did his left-handed toast from Boston, so. I was gonna, cause it seemed, I, okay, alright, well thank you for clarifying, for clarifying but that. But it's me. an important point, that's, I think, just, I don't, I don't think that matters at all really. I think his point was, it's good that we're back here because we need to actually see it. The Los Angeles Angels, uh, their broadcaster, his name is Matt Vaskersian, he does national games for ESPN as well. Uh, and he also is doing Angels play-by-play. So he's actually calling games for L.A. 
from New Jersey. And there's been multiple times already in over the weekend where those broadcasts looked off and he would call a fly ball as a home run and a home run as a fly ball because he can't see. And so having the announcers at the stadiums is a big deal. And thankfully, uh, we're in a spot where they could do that again because of the COVID restrictions keeping them from doing that. That'll wrap up our Twins Tuesday. You can hear the Twins tonight on KWAD 630 pregame and a 710 first pitch. Twins trying to extend the winning streak to two games tonight. This has been the morning sports desk for Tuesday, the 19th of April.